couldn't wait to get here this morning because I've got some good news for you. I couldn't wait to tell you this good news. As a matter of fact, it's great news. It is the greatest, most life-altering news that you will ever hear in your life. Are you ready? Here it is. Jesus is alive. You see, that, that, that's just the way, that's the bottom line. That's where the rubber meets the road for people like us. Did you hear what I said, brothers and sisters? Jesus is alive. See, this morning is the seventh Sunday of Easter. Our celebration that we have been carrying on since Easter continues. It is my prayer that Easter would continue in our hearts and minds every day of our lives. At least that's my prayer and hope for you and for me. Perhaps you haven't heard the story. You see, Jesus was dead. I mean, dead. Like the last funeral you were at, dead. Jesus was as dead as anyone has ever been dead. Every single person that followed Him and put their faith and trust in Him, believed that all was lost. They believed that it was a huge hoax. That Jesus was an all-time fraud. They were hiding behind locked doors, trying to figure out what was their next step in life, if in fact there was life for them in the future. Then, on a bright, sunny, normal Sunday morning, the first day of a new week, something happened. There was some stirring in that tomb. Those two huge Roman soldiers that were standing there that morning said, Hey, did you hear something? No, I didn't hear something. And then they're standing there. was more things going on in that tomb. You heard it that time, didn't you? Yes, I heard it. And they started looking around. Jesus burst forth from the tomb. They were as if they were dead laying there. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. It was all true. Jesus is alive. Haven't you heard the story? That life-altering truth spread like wildfire through that small band of followers of Christ. Or at that point, former followers of Christ. They started to hear the news. The news got their attention. They began to grasp it. They began to embrace it. They began to live it. They got so excited. I mean, really excited. The only thing that they could say for a period of time, the only thing that would come out of their lives in praise and victory was, He is risen! risen. He is risen! risen. He is risen! risen. Not bad. I just want to say thank you, Father. Jesus is alive. 
It's not a stretch by any means to say that in the first century, what would have been now in the first century, seven weeks after the resurrection, those first century Christ followers were still pumped. They lived every single day knowing that Jesus was alive. They were never the same. It was all true. The resurrection for them changed everything. For the rest of their lives. Not just one Sunday a year. For the rest of their lives. They couldn't get away from it. They'd seen it with their own eyes. They, could, they would have pictures of it in their minds. You know how it is with you when you've had some kind of a great experience in the past, whatever it is, great vacation or whatever it is, the, the pictures come through your mind every now and then when you least expect it. That's what happened in the minds of the disciples. Years later, they would be walking along and they would shake their heads and say, Jesus is alive. <laughs> I was there. It changed Everything from that time on, from the time of the resurrection on, they lived like it. They lived as if Jesus were alive. And you know what? He was. (laughs) Woo! Oh, well. This is the seventh Sunday of Easter. The seventh week following the resurrection. I wonder what was happening in the lives of those first century followers of Christ today. What would have been for them today. Acts chapter 1 sets it up for us. I'd like you to turn with me to Acts chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 3. Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 14. Follow along please as I read. Let Let me just warn you ahead of time. This is really good stuff. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Verse three. After his suffering, in other words, after his, his um, arrest, after his trial, after his abuse, after the crown of thorns, after the beatings, after the, pierce, the spear piercing his side, say that ten times. After the crucifixion. That's what that means after his suffering. He showed himself to these men and gave them convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. You will receive power. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky. Can you blame them? They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Perfect. Amen. That, brothers and sisters, is where we are today. The disciples, those Christ followers, have been in a whirlwind. Can you imagine? They could hardly sleep anticipating what was going to come next. They would wake up excited. What's going to happen today? I am convinced that they lived with their heads spinning. After all, Jesus was alive. (laughs) I can't believe it. They had experienced the resurrection firsthand. You know, dead, then alive, and all of that. Resurrection. Yeah, yeah, Pastor Chuck, we got that already. Do we? Do we get it? I wonder. After experiencing the resurrection firsthand, just for good measure, the resurrected Jesus gave them many convincing proofs that He was alive. Verse 3. For 40 days... Jesus was appearing to them, different groups, off and on, different individuals. Jesus was appearing to them. For example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6, it says, Jesus appeared to over 500 of the brothers at the same time. There was no question in their minds or in their hearts. There was no question that Jesus was alive. They'd seen Him. They'd touched Him. They had walked with Him. They had talked with Him. They had eaten with Him. They had lived with Him over this 40-day period. Jesus, absolutely, no question about it, was alive. They lived with their hearts pounding in their chest. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. They lived with their hearts pounding in their chest. They lived with chills running up and down their spines. Goosebumps were the order of the day for them. Jesus was alive. (laughs) It's true. After 40 days, they actually saw Jesus ascend up into the sky. I mean, what else can happen? This is another jaw-dropping experience that they had. What in the world is going to happen next? There they were, standing, staring in the sky. Their mouths wide open, wouldn't yours be? Wow. And as they're standing there, what, what, what can happen next that's going to blow me away? Well, verse 10, two men dressed in white appear and stand by them, probably angels, most, almost ex- certainly angels, appeared to them. And they said, in essence, what are you standing here for, guys? Go do what Jesus told you to do. Snap out of it. Get busy. Go. Go 
wait for the gift the Father has promised. So today, in the first century, what would today be in the lives of those Christ followers, this seventh Sunday of Easter? You know what they were doing? Do you have any idea what they were doing today? Anybody? They were in a prayer room. (laughs) They were praying. They were praying to God. They were waiting and praying for this gift. They were preparing their hearts for what was next, and they didn't even know what was next. Oh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Spirit, what is that? They didn't know. Wait, Jesus said wait. He didn't tell them how long to wait. They didn't know. For all they knew, it would be forever. Wait, how long, Jesus? He didn't say. We know now it was ten days. But today was about their third day of waiting and praying. Waiting and praying. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Somebody want to say that with me? Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. I wonder if they got bored before the tenth day. I wonder after the third day, today, what would have been today if they got bored? I wonder if they talked about the next gladiator game. I don't know, whatever it was. I wonder if they lost track of time. I don't know what happened in that room. You know what happened? They waited and they prayed. They waited and they prayed. I ask myself this question. What motivated those 120 followers of Christ in that upper room? What motivated them to wait and pray in an upper room for 10 days? You know what it was? It was the resurrection. You see, for them, the resurrection changed everything. You see, for them, they knew right now, they knew that it was all true and it meant something to them. It changed their whole lives. They knew that Jesus was the real deal, that He could meet their every need, that He could walk with them. And when they were faithful and obedient to Him, they knew that the resurrection was true and that Jesus could do all things that were necessary in their lives. So when Jesus says, go and wait in an upper room, and they don't know how long, they said, sure, gladly, I'll go. When Jesus said, hey, share what you have among the brothers and sisters so that there's no one among you that has needs and take care of the poor, they say, sure, what's mine is yours, Lord, because if you can raise Jesus from the dead, if God can raise Jesus from the dead, He can take care of little old me. Whatever I have, Lord, it's all yours. Anybody out there still holding on? Anybody? You see, I have this, I have this goal. This dream, this prayer, that someday I'll be part of a church where everyone's faithful. (laughs) Is it possible? Well, sure it is, because Jesus is alive. It's all true. What's your response? Do you believe? Do you believe that the resurrection happened and that Jesus is alive? Do you believe, brothers and sisters? If you do believe, how has that impacted your life? In any way, shape, or form. You see, for them it changed everything. For the rest of their lives, they would do whatever Jesus told them to do. 
No hesitation. No question. I saw it with my own eyes. Jesus is alive. Alive. I'm all in. I'm all in. It is all true. You know what it caused them to do? Change their lifestyle. Rearrange their priorities. It caused them to line themselves up with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And wherever they went, their lives screamed Jesus. What about us? How has the resurrection, after all these years, affected, impacted you and me? You see, it was all true in their minds. They knew it was. And it was all because of the resurrection that they went into this prayer room for who knows how long. They were sold. Today, we see those first century Christ followers in the prayer room praying and waiting for this gift that's coming from God, whatever that is. They didn't know. So far, they've been there for three days. They've got seven to go. And they're just praying and waiting. Their obedience and their persistence in seven days is going to pay off, to say the least. Go, Jesus said. Wait for the gift my Father has promised. You know, the last three days, I've spent some significant time in a prayer room in the wee hours of the morning. I've got to be honest with you. I'm tired. It was hard for me to get up this morning. Three hours of sleep. I just, I'm tired. But I'm blessed. (laughs) I'm tired. But I'm thankful. Oh, I'm tired. But it's been a privilege to humble myself before my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for meeting me, little me, in the wee hours of the morning. When I was in there, those first century Christ followers came to my mind. Because you see, they were three days in waiting and praying for God to move. And I found myself in our prayer room waiting and praying for God to move. I said, this is so cool. I'm doing what they were doing. I don't know how long I'm going to be in here. Well, I signed up. I knew how long. But man, was I tired. I felt close to them. I was waiting and praying right along with them, it seemed to me. My question was, it just came to my mind a number of times, why am I doing this? Why, why am I in here, in this prayer room? I just started to analyze it. What am, I, what am I doing here? You know what the answer I came up with? I'm in there for the same reason they were in there. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I didn't see Jesus' nail-scarred hands and feet. I wasn't able to put my hand on His spear-pierced side. 
I wasn't around to see it firsthand. But you know what God has blessed me with through the years? He has blessed me with the privilege of seeing people around the world be changed completely by the resurrection. I didn't see it firsthand, but I've seen the results firsthand. I've seen what the power of the resurrected Lord can do in somebody's heart and life. And those faces, those names have been flooding through my mind these days. And every face I see, every experience I had with them, I have to say, it is true. Jesus is alive. Brothers and sisters, the church needs to get off their pew and serve like God intended us to serve. And it needs to start now. Are you, are, are, is anybody here tired of being a wimpy, defeated follower of Christ? Anybody? Yes. Amen. Amen. Wake up, brothers and sisters. You know who I thought about the other day in the prayer room? I thought about Rick and Joan. Rick and Joan. Way back when I was in seminary. That was in the last century. Literally. Rick and Joan. Matter of fact, it was the last millennium. They came to the church where Carl and I were going, and man, this couple, man, they, they didn't have anything going for them. It was all wrong. And, and one of our pastors asked Carla and me to disciple them, go through the discipleship thing with them. So we did. And Carla and I, we would disciple them, and, and we would drive home, and we'd say, Man, is it ever going to sink in? Do these people have a shot at this? They're so lost. And you know what happened? <laughs> the resurrected Jesus grabbed them. And they gave their hearts and lives to Jesus. And 25 years later, they are vibrant followers of Christ. Why? Because of the resurrection. It's true. And then I thought about Mike in Texas. This salty guy, this salty language, this guy that nobody thought would come to Christ. And I started to try to be his friend. and I mean, he would just blurt out stuff that make you cringe. He's the guy that gave me the best compliment I've ever had after a sermon. Because I knew him. knew who he was. I knew where he'd come from. I've been on the journey with him. Now, the first service let me get away with this. Not sure about you folks, because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the compliment he gave me, and it's a little, you got to understand it's in the context of this guy, okay? I mean, here we are, after the service, out in the foyer, people are leaving, and there's this little foyer's full of a, filled with a bunch of Nazarenes. And here comes Mike, he comes out and he puts his hand out and he says, hell of a sermon, pastor. 
And everybody goes, Geesh. and I'm crying. I'm crying because I knew what he was saying. He was saying, the Lord blessed me today. I'm on the journey. And today, today, Mike is a leader in his church. Why? Because of the resurrection. It's true. It changes everything. I think of my neighbor in Moscow, Timofey. The resurrection changed him. I think of Sergei. In Volgograd, resurrected, resurrection changed, changed him. I think of Volva in Ukraine. The resurrection changed him. I think of Karen in Armenia. The resurrection. Every time I think of those guys, I say, it is true. And even here, even here in Fort Wayne, that I've been here a little while, there's people that have come into my life that, that I can't help but look at them and say, it's true. Somebody like Joyce Douglas. My brother, my friend, Joyce Douglas, who's with the Lord. You can't be around that guy. You couldn't be around him without knowing it's true. There's something to this. Sam and Velda Roberts. Couldn't be around them without knowing it's true. Elvira Habegger. Couldn't be around her without knowing it's true. And many more. There's people around here. There's people here today that when I see you, I say, and I know that it's true. Josh, you, you helped me. God's helped me. You have helped. God has used you to help me know that it's true. And so many others. I wasn't there, but I've seen the results. And it's true. God is still giving us many convincing proofs that Jesus is alive. As I was in the prayer room these past few days, I felt like I wanted to bring the prayer room in here this morning. Just let us have a few minutes of praying together with our first century brothers and sisters, waiting and praying for what's to come, whatever it is. Whatever it is, Lord, I want it. Help me to prepare my heart that we could just pause and pray and ask God to prepare us for what's to come. Seven more days, and it's Pentecost. Do you think that God might want to do something significant in this body of Christ on the day of Pentecost? I don't know, brothers and sisters, but I've got this sense that God wants to do something significant in your life and mine. I don't know how or when. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know if it'll be Sunday. I don't know. All I know is, for sure, God wants to do something for you that you need. He wants to do something for me. He wants to do something in our lives that we've never allowed Him to do before. And every time God has done something significant in a person's life. It started when they prayed. So let's just bow before the Lord and ask God to prepare our hearts. This morning, I'm going to ask everybody to pray. You can pray where you are, absolutely. 
Many, some would want to come and kneel and pray at the altar. Many did in the first service. And maybe a few would like to come to this microphone and pray a public prayer of praise to God. Three or four did in the first service. No pressure. You don't have to. Just it's there. If you want to lift your voice to the Lord. Hey, we weren't there, brothers and sisters. But if we're paying attention, we can still today see that Jesus is alive. Come at this time to pray if you'd like to. Lord, prepare us. Prepare our hearts, Father. We worship you. Yes, Lord. Lord, we say yes. We thank you, Lord, for your Son, Jesus Christ, and all that he's done for us. Lord, we are in the prayer room waiting for an outpouring of your Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. Do you know what to say to God this morning? Would you just ask Him to prepare your heart for what He wants to do next in your life? Just ask Him that. Father, we find ourselves in the prayer room with our first century brothers and sisters waiting. That's where we are today as we continue to celebrate Easter. We're waiting, Lord, for what you want to do next. We're waiting, Lord, for you to pour out your Spirit upon us. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Oh, prepare our hearts. For those of us here this morning that are having a hard time believing, oh God, would you go to where they are and hold them close to you? Help them to know that it's all true and that you can be what they need in their lives. Everyone here. 
as they obediently and persistently bow before you and walk in the faith of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we do have many requests this morning. And we faithfully bring those to you, Lord. Father, I pray for Chris Allmiller. And I pray for for Meredith Knott. I ask, Lord, that you would be close to these ladies. So many others that need a physical touch, Lord. We bring them to you as we are in here in this prayer room together. Father, we pray for our military personnel. We pray for them again, Lord. Would you just think of a name, brothers and sisters, that's, that's usually on our list? Would you lift that name of a military personnel to the Lord at this time? Father, these young ones, that many of whom are in harm's way, I ask, Lord, that you'd protect them in all ways. Father, for our missionaries, those that are taking the, the story of the resurrection, the truth of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to the ends of the earth, we lift them up to you, Lord. We pray for the Wades and the Riggins and the Walkers, and the Webers and the Seidels, Lord. We pray that you would be with them and work through them and all the other missionaries around the world that lift up the name of Jesus. Would you speak to and through them, Lord? For our world today, Lord, for our country, for our area of where we live, may revival break out, Father. We need you. Fall upon us, Holy Spirit. Lord, you are our Redeemer. If you wrote a name on one of those yellow cards, would you just lift that name to the Father at this time? Father, we are praying that those folks on those yellow cards would come to know you on or before Pentecost Sunday. Pour out your Spirit, Lord, upon us. Father, as we come to a close of our service this morning, we bow and worship you. And we thank you, Father, for the way that you can speak to our hearts, especially on our knees. Help us to live our lives as if Jesus were alive, because He is. Thank You, Father, for all that You've done in us and for us. We long for You to work through us, Lord, to make a difference where we live. Would You stand with me? Yes, Father. Our answer is yes. Would you say the prayer with me that our Lord taught us to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all the people said, Amen. God bless you. Amen.